Good morning and welcome. We're glad that you're here today. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We're thankful that you've chosen to be here today. I know that they are projecting bad weather to be coming in, and we're grateful that it didn't affect us this morning, and hopefully and prayerfully it will miss us this afternoon, but you never know. But nonetheless, we're glad that you're here. We're going to be looking today at Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49, and before we do that, I do want to make mention of the fact that we are now in 2014, and I want to encourage all of us to make every effort to really apply ourselves to God's Word, to do our best to be present in worship and Bible study, and I promise you if you'll do that, you'll have a great year. And so I want to encourage you to, to really dig deep and make this a great, great year for the cause of Christ. And we can do it if we work together and pray together. And so I want to encourage you along those lines. As we look at Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49, Jesus here encourages us to build our lives on his word. We understand the importance of hearing what God says and putting it into practice. Jesus said that those who do that are deemed wise. The flip side is that those who hear the word of God and do not do it are considered foolish. I want us to think for a minute or two in our study today about the theme built to last. And as we think about this theme together, I want to begin by emphasizing the importance of building our lives on the Lord. And really what we're talking about is developing a firm foundation for life. I want to read for you what Jesus said again in verse 47 down through verse 49. Here's what the Lord said. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Think for a minute or two about the resolve to build our lives on the Lord. I think what Jesus is saying here is it's important to have a good foundation for life. If you don't have a good foundation, then in all probability, you're looking at failure. And so as I think about the resolve to build our lives on the Lord, there are two things that come to mind. 
First of all, I want to encourage us to make Jesus the cornerstone of life. If Jesus is the cornerstone of your life, everything is going to rest on him. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. An emphasis on trusting God, building our lives around him. We understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so in order for us to trust in the Lord, we've got to spend time in his word. And thus, if we do that, then we will naturally rest our lives upon him. So Jesus has to be the cornerstone of life. You know, the psalmist said many, many years ago, except the Lord build the house. Those who labor, labor in vain. To make Jesus the cornerstone upon which everything rests in your life. And then there's a second thing I want to suggest. And that is we ought to resolve to make Jesus the core of our life. If Jesus is the cornerstone of your life, everything's going to rest on him. If he is the core of your life, everything is going to revolve around him. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul, of course, is writing to New Testament Christians. And he said, if then you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your affection, set your mind on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. He said, for you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In verse 4 he said, and when Christ who is our life, shall appear. Then you shall also appear with him in glory. And the emphasis there ought to be on Christ, who is our life. If you will build your life on the Lord, make him the cornerstone, and then the core of your life. When Jesus is the core, everything revolves around him. In other words, he's the hub. And sometimes we talk about core strength. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment or two. But to develop core strength in the Lord, to make sure that our lives are revolving around him, that he is the hub, the center of everything. Isn't that what he said in Matthew chapter 6? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, if Jesus is first in your life, everything else is just going to fall into place. And so... In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is saying what you need to do is make sure that your life is built on a good, firm foundation. Jesus needs to be the cornerstone of your life. He needs to be the core of your life. So you need to resolve to build on him. What are the repercussions of not building on the Lord? Well, they're catastrophic. Listen, if you would, again to what Jesus said. In verse 48... Those who hear the word of God and do it, those who build their lives on the Lord, he said, he's like a man building a house 
who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on, on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Note, if you would, that phrase, the ruin of that house was great. If you don't build your house or if you don't build your life on the Lord, I promise you, the consequences are catastrophic. Not just now, but eternally. So make sure that you build your life on the Lord. Make sure that he is at the apex of your life. That everything is revolving around him. That everything rests on him. Now, let me talk for just a minute or two in the second place about fortifying our lives. How can we withstand the storms of life? You see, Jesus in verses 48 and 49 talks about the storms that will come. And I want to assure you, the storms of life, they will come. I promise you they'll come. We've just launched out into a new year. We talk about 2014 and all the expectations, the excitement, the anticipation. Well, there are a lot of positive things to think about in the future, and all of us probably have great expectations for what lies ahead. But there, there's a flip side to that. There are also negative things that can and will occur. Let me just give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Did you know when you think about the storms that will come, Jesus said the rains descended, the floods came, and beat upon that house. The first potential storm that you may face in this new year may have to do with your family. Ever thought about how many marriages are in trouble? Sometimes we talk about the world. And we understand that there are a lot of folks in the world whose marriages are coming apart at the seams. But I'm not so naive as to think that those within the church don't sometimes have problems, maritally speaking. And yet a lot of those marital problems could be corrected if we as husbands would love our wives as Christ loved the church. If, the, if we would be the spiritual leader that God has called upon us to be in the home based on Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. But there are problems that will come to our families. What about your children? 2014 may make you a very happy person when it comes to your offspring. On the other hand, they may break your heart because of things they say, because of things they do, because of places they will go. I know what Paul said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Well, 
Idealistically, we hope and pray all children will do that. But sometimes that doesn't happen. So what Jesus is saying when it comes to the storms of life and your family, you better dig deep. Listen again to what he said about the man building a home. He said he dug deep and laid the foundation. You want your family to withstand the pressures and the trials and the tribulations that this world will throw at them, you better dig deep. I promise you, you better dig deep. What about your friends? All of us are blessed with friends. Solomon talks about there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That doesn't always happen. In Psalm 55, the psalmist talks about somebody that had literally gutted him. He said, we took sweet counsel together. They worshiped together. He said his words were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. What are you going to do when a friend, a confidant, somebody that has been with you through thick and thin, somebody that has always stood by you, what are you going to do if problems arise between you and that person? What if you have a falling out with somebody that you have deemed closer than a family member? How are you going to react to that? Well, I know. Biblically speaking, you want to reconcile. When those problems occur, they can shake your faith. And what Jesus is saying is, you better dig deep. Did you know that there are people in the church that have quit they have walked away from Christianity because a friend or somebody within the church didn't treat them like they thought they should have been treated. They have allowed some petty argument or misunderstanding to destroy their faith. Jesus is saying, you better dig deep and you better lay a foundation. What about failing health? Who's to say that we won't sit in a physician's office in 2014 and hear the sobering words. We have cancer. Who's to say that won't happen to any one of us? Or some other type of debilitating illness. What are you going to do when you are face to face with that physician and he tells you, there's nothing I can do. You remember, you remember Isaiah the prophet when he was told to go to Hezekiah the king and he said, set your house in order for you shall die and not live? You better dig deep. You may find out in this next year that you've got heart problems, that you have hypertension, that you have Parkinson's disease, that you have cancer, The Bible talks about a woman in the book of Mark in chapter 5 that had a blood disease. For 12 years, she had been debilitated by this disease. And she had gone to many physicians and spent all the money she had. And the Bible says she grew worse rather than getting better. Now what are you going to do if as we come to the end of this year, the Lord willing, 
Your physical condition has continued to deteriorate and you are not the man or the woman or the young person you thought you were a year ago. You better dig deep. You better make sure you have a strong foundation to withstand. Because Jesus said the rains will come, the floods will come. And you better be able to withstand them. That's why you need to build your life on the Lord. That's why you better make sure that your life rests on the Lord and that everything revolves around Him. What about failures? We're not immune to failure. I can tell you about a lot of folks that have failed in life. Sometimes we fail. We make grievous mistakes. Mistakes that we would say would never happen. But they did happen. We say, that'll never happen to me. Lo and behold, it happens. So what are we going to do? Walk away, give up, quit? You better dig deep. Do you remember when David sinned with Bathsheba? David had the humility of heart to say, I have sinned against the Lord. In Psalm 51, he said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this great wickedness. You better dig deep. You better have a good foundation because if you make mistakes and you stumble and fall in this life, you have to have the resolve to get up and dust yourself off and say, I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to do what's right. What about fatalities? Last week I talked about the number of people that we lost here at Olive Branch. Did you know that we haven't even finished the first week of January 2014? I've already been to two funeral services. Friday and yesterday. Don't tell me fatalities won't come. Don't tell me people won't lose loved ones. And don't tell me they won't be young either. The funeral yesterday, 42 years of age. What are you going to do? When you stare death in the face, what are you going to do if you lose your mama or your daddy or your son or daughter, God forbid, in the coming year? What are you going to do if you lose somebody close to you over the next few months? You better dig deep. You better not allow death to drive a wedge between you and God. What you need to do is learn. You need to understand that death is common to all people. It is appointed unto man once to die, after this cometh the judgment. Death will come. Look at the track record. It speaks for itself. I mean, to think that we haven't even finished the first week of January, and I've already been to two funerals. If the Lord allows me to live, wonder how many more I'll attend. Wonder how many I will preside over. I don't know. But it would be an odd year if I didn't. You better dig deep and you better lay a good foundation. Because as Jesus said, 
the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it will destroy your faith if you don't. So dig deep. What about finances? What are you going to do if you have some kind of financial reversal over the course of the next 12 months? You're going to give up? You're going to quit? You say, that never happened to me. Don't be so sure. You remember Job? Job was a wealthy man. Job was an extremely rich man. And yet, in the blink of an eye, he lost his fortune, his flocks. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if your investments don't go as planned? I had somebody tell me just the other day about a well-known coach whose investments have gone south. To borrow his words, to the tune of $20 million. What are you going to do? You better dig deep and you better lay a good foundation. If you don't, you're in trouble. Just that plain and simple. So the storms of life, they will come. I promise you, they will come. What about the consequences? When those storms come, here's the question. How will we react? Now, the storms of life... They can beat you down, and they can break you down. It's called erosion. Listen again to what Jesus said. He's like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against it and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who... Heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Here's the deal. The storms of life, they're coming. Now I understand that sometimes we can engage in behavior that warrants certain consequences. But there are some things that are beyond our control. We have no power to prevent. So when the storms of life occur, and they will, there are certain inherent consequences. And those consequences are the storms, they'll beat you down. And they will break you down. Sometimes we talk about being beaten to a pulp. They can grind you to powder. Now, we can allow the storms of life to break our faith or to build our faith. That's why James said in James chapter 1, Count it all joy when you fall into manifold trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And the idea is that it brings a sense of perse perseverance or endurance to life. We learn to overcome and to rise above the difficulties of life. So the storms of life, but here's what I want you to see in the second place. Where 
or what is our strength for life? Our strength for life is the Lord. That's why I said you need to build your life on the Lord. Now go back and think with me for just a moment about the figures that I used. I said if Jesus is the cornerstone of your life, everything is going to rest on him. So yes, the storms will come. The floods will come likewise. And they will beat upon you. But you can withstand them. Why? Because, because your life rests on the Lord. Because everything's revolving around him. Because there's, a, there's this core strength that we have. Listen to Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you have core strength, and I'm talking about that strength that is within, that torso, you can hit a golf ball a mile. If you have core strength, you can withstand the pressures and the trials and the tribulations and the temptations, the storms, if you please. That will come. That's why Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to ask you a question. Do you have the peace that passes all understanding? If your life has not been built on the Lord, if he's not your cornerstone, if he's not your core, you're in trouble. I'm telling you, you are in trouble because the storms are going to come. They'll come in 2014 and they will beat you down. They will break you down if you're not equipped. That's why you've got to dig deep. Now you dig deep and you lay a foundation, you've got strength. There is this sense of resolve. You've got the peace that passes all understanding. In verse 19 of Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, But my God, that's personal, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. If the Lord is what he ought to be in your life, your needs will be met. He'll meet your spiritual needs. He will meet whatever need you have. Why? Because he said he would. In closing today, let me ask this question. Is your life built to last? Now I understand that life's going to eventually give way to death. But I'm just talking about we're going to be here on planet earth for a certain period of time. So what we've got to do is get by day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. Is your life built to last, to withstand the storms that are going to come? Jesus said, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon the rock. But he said, the flip side is, the rains descended, the floods came, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall thereof. Why? Because it was not founded upon the rock. 
2014 is a reality. I hope and pray that all of us have a great year. But I know there will be storms along the way. What I'm trying to do is to help equip us to meet the storms that come. So again, I ask you the question, is your life built to last? Can you make it? Can you retain your faith when those storms come? The key, dig deep and lay a foundation on the Lord. If you're here today and you're not a child of God, I want to encourage you, that's what you need to do. You need to resolve right now that you're going to become a child of God. I don't know how people make it without the Lord. It's not just a cliche, it's truth. When I see what people go through, Sometimes I don't have answers for every problem. And I promise you there are some things that people experience in this life that are enough to make angels weep. I don't have all the answers, but I know that God is the answer to all the problems of life. And I've got to trust him. I've got to resolve to live for him. I've got to build my life on him. So if you haven't become a Christian... Let me tell you what, you're missing out. Don't let 2014 get by you without the Lord. Here's what you need to do. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. And the Lord said, if you die in your sins, where I am, there you cannot come. Repent. In other words, give up living in sin. Why do you need to do that? Because Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. And then confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible says then you need to be baptized into Christ so that all of your sins can be washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. If you'll do that, God will then add you to the church, Acts two forty seven. Now please hear me very carefully. I'm not saying if you do that, you won't have any troubles and trials over the course of the next 12 months. But I am saying if you will do that, God will be beside you every step of the way. He'll never leave your side. He'll be with you through thick and thin, joys and frustrations, highs and lows, fears and frustrations. Whatever you face in this life, the Lord will be with you. What if you're unfaithful? What if your life's not what it ought to be? You've read Luke 6, you've read Matthew 7, you know what Jesus said about building on the rock. You tried it, for whatever reason you got away from it. Could I encourage you to come home? You need the Lord. You need the Lord back in your life today. Sometimes I wonder about folks. They'll have all kinds of problems and trials and tribulations. They'll lose loved ones left and right, and they still don't get it. At one time they were faithful, and now unfaithful. Don't, don't let that happen to you. Don't be like that. You need the Lord.
You need to come home today. Why? We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring forth. Here's what the Bible says. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you come as we stand and sing?